Season 1, Episode 3, Colossians 3.16, Pete Kingman's Bible Story Evangelism. We're going to take a look at Colossians 3.16 and a little bit of the book of Colossians 3.16, and we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, Colossians 3.16 is one of my memory verses. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And I want to read verse 17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father by Him. So, Honoring Jesus Christ, you're giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So we're not taking away from God the Father by recognizing that He and Jesus are one. All right, well, I want to jump back before I talk about music. I want to jump back to just a quick look at the book of Colossians. It's one of Paul's prison epistles. Uh, I've memorized, in chapter 1, I've memorized uh, a couple of uh, verses here. Uh, just really good stuff. Um, Colossians, well, uh, Colossians uh, 1, 9. This is the prayer that I told you I, I got in a real bad place, I guess, uh, feeling sorry for myself place uh, when I about uh, Barb had been gone for about three years and just feeling sorry for myself first week of school woke up on a really it was a Friday morning Thursday night Friday morning when I woke up and I said God I say the same prayer over and over to you I never hear from you I don't know how to pray and then I found a bookmark uh, written a way of life a homemade bookmark and uh, Colossians 1, 9 through 14, and I kind of personalized it. Um, I'll read the, the introduction to it by Paul in chapter 9, and then, uh, then just say it the way I say it, uh, personalizing it. For this cause we also, since the day we heard of your faithfulness, uh, do not cease to pray for you and Here's the prayer for the Colossians. And again, I personalized it for myself in speaking to God. Father, I desire to be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, to walk worthy of you and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of you, strengthened with all might according to your glorious power, with patience, long-suffering, and joyfulness, giving thanks to you, Father, who hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us in the kingdom of your dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. When I read that, it's about three and a half years ago, I just loved the, the, the part of the blood at the end. It's just, I mean, how can you say thanks more for salvation than uh, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins? And then, that, that's verse 14, but I also memorized 15 to 20, um, and uh, this is, uh, some call it a poem about Jesus Christ. I'm going to follow Charles Ryrie's advice and uh, read the pronouns 
of, of who it's talking about. So Colossians 1, 15 through 20. This is not the way I memorized it, but I'm going to fill in the pronouns with, with the person it's talking about. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by Jesus were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. And Jesus is before all things, and by Jesus all things consist. And Jesus is the head of the body, the church. Jesus is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things Jesus might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Jesus all fullness should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of Jesus' cross by Jesus to reconcile all things unto himself, to, unto Jesus himself, by Jesus, I say, whether they be things on earth or things in heaven. So that's uh, just filling in the pronoun um, of uh, a great little talk about Jesus and who he is, the creator, the savior, uh, the the beloved of the Lord, if I, if you will. Again, we're a body, soul, and spirit. I uh, try to talk to my body. Uh, you've noticed my coughing, and I think it's been properly diagnosed as acid reflux. And I have to eat smaller meals, and I just have to tell my body, hey, you can't eat like you used to eat. And uh, that's just an example of body, soul, and spirit that we have to, to deal with. Anyway, um, I wanted to, to touch on those verses that I memorized in Colossians. Now let's uh, go back to Colossians 3.16. Somebody, I heard somebody on the radio about, I don't know, 40 years ago saying that somebody should do, and probably somebody has done, a study on uh, 3.16 verses in, in the New Testament, possibly the whole Bible. I really haven't studied them that closely, but uh, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Fanny Crosby and uh, even the story about how she became blind. But she knew every president, she met every president from John Quincy Adams, number six, to Abraham Lincoln, number 16. Uh, she was the poet laureate of our country. She wrote 9,000 hymns, but she wrote them before uh, the copyright laws and, uh, and the money you get for writing songs was available. She got a flat rate for her songs, nothing like the uh, royalties that they get today. Talk to Paul McCartney or um, somebody that's a prolific songwriter they they anytime anybody covers or plays that song sings that song they owe them uh, money anyway um so so she uh let me tell you about her story i read a book about her one of many stories i've read uh missionary stories i started with uh, biographies and then switched to missionary stories because there were a lot of those and, uh, but anyway, um, she was 
very bright girl. Obviously, if you write 9,000 poems, you got to be pretty smart. Oh, by the way, the people that made the money back in her day, which was 1820 to 1915, she lived 95 years. She didn't start life blind. She was, she was a little girl that had, I don't know, pink eye or a sty or something. And she lived in upstate New York. And her mother took her to the, the town doctor. We're talking early 19th century, early 1800s. She was born in 1820. And uh, where medical schools weren't that good. I, I, I don't know, you just was an apprentice to a doctor and then you practiced medicine. Anyway, um, whatever treatment he used, and the book didn't say what it was, it blinded her. And she was six years old. And I remember one of the anecdotes of her childhood was uh, she, she had a goat, or no, a lamb, a lamb that was very precious to her. And it was a baby lamb, I guess about the time uh, she was blinded and she loved Lammy uh, very much. And But Lammy, unfortunately for Lammy, grew into a, a, a ram that liked to butt with its head. And uh, little Fanny Jane Crosby was, was getting the worst of it. And her dad saw her one time just pardon the expression, blindsided from the back by this uh, ram and uh, went flying and crying. And they lived on a farm. They were used to eating farm animals and things like that. And um, anyway, uh, I think she was smart enough not to, not to ask you know, where the lamb came from on Sunday. But, I mean, she didn't hold a grudge or anything, but she was born, raised on a farm. But they're, they're kind of born and raised for, but that was, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Um, but um, her mom felt really bad about the doctor. Let me tell you the rest of the story about the doctor, I guess, before I forget. He uh, drank himself into early retirement. Uh, he felt so bad for what he had done. Whatever the treatment was, and my I don't remember reading what it was, so I'm not going to guess, but I have my thoughts on what you would try to, to, to clean up an infection in the eye, possibly. I have no idea. But uh, I think this was before Pasteur, so I'm not sure. Maybe about the time of Louis Pasteur and the idea of germs and things like that. Anyway, um, her mom read in the newspaper that there was a really renowned eye doctor in New York City. So she went down the Hudson River from upstate New York and uh, and Fanny was, I, I would guess, in her, as I recall, was in the first year of her, her blindness and she was trying to keep a stiff upper lip for her family and everything. And she, uh, she was on a, a steamboat and already, just in the short time that she had been blind, she had her ears had become her eyes. I knew a, a blind man at 
Tampa Bay Bible College who would tap his cane in the church and he could hear the echo off of something close, kind of like a bat. He could hear the echo. That's why he would tap the cane on his white cane, the steel tip on his cane on the tile floor. And he could tell when he was getting close to the wall or a pew or something like that. Anyway, she got on this, uh, as soon as she got on the steamship, she was freaking out. I don't know if you've ever been on a big ship or not. Or Anyway, it's kind of like a, a building practically. I mean, there's walls and all that kind of stuff, rooms. and But it's a, it's a building that vibrates constantly. And you get used to it. But if you if you see with your ears, she was she was double blinded on this steamboat. But being the resilient kid that she was, she she got over the terror of being blinded on the boat. And it and the boat had to make stops going down the Hudson, and it took a day or two to reach New York City. And uh, she ate at the captain's table, and she was just uh, she got over her fear very quickly. And she would sing for a penny. She would sing a song. And everybody thought she was adorable, and and um, anyway, she got she got to New York City, got to the doctor's office. Her mother and the doctor were speaking, they thought, over her head, with words like malpractice and things like that, and basically that there was uh, nothing the doctor could do. The the eyes were both lost, and. Um, so on the riverboat heading north up the Hudson, she, uh, her mom came to her room to put her to bed and, and um, said her prayers with her, as moms of six-year-olds are known to do. And her mother, and when she, when the mother left the room, Fanny Crosby prayed to God. She she didn't know she didn't let her mom know that, you know, she didn't need her to say her prayers with her anymore. She liked having her mom come and say, Now I lay me down to sleep or whatever little kids pray. And God bless mother and God bless father. I can remember praying that. And then my mom elevated me to the Lord's Prayer. And then I elevated myself to Psalm uh, Colossians one. Uh, 9 through 14, thanks to Barb, when I was 61 years old. Anyway, she uh, she said in her book, or she was quoted in her book as saying, that she said to God in prayer, because uh, after her mom left, she then she had her own prayer time with God. She said, God, I know I'm going to be blind the rest of my life. And I can live with that. But I can't live without having a purpose, without making a difference. And um, here's one of the poems she wrote, which was later uh, put to music. This is Blessed Assurance. And let me just say, Whenever I read a Fanny Crosby song, and hymn books are full of them, the old hymn books are, um, she often refers to sight. Because she's a blind person. That guy I, I mentioned, the friend of mine in, in Tampa who's blind, he was blind at birth. 
But I used to tell my students, if you want to know how Tom saw, just close your eyes and look up at the light if you have a light above you and just wave your hand in front of your face. And that's how Tom saw. Because I, I knew that when we left the church, he would comment on the, on the bright day. And I, I questioned him about his vision because I would lead him to church. I, for six months, I was Tom's uh, driver, but to and from church, Tom and his wife. Um, but anyway, uh, who was also blind. But uh, Tom was taking my arm and, and I would lead him around. First time I ever tried to lead him around, I tried to push him by the elbow and he said, no, 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 just let me hold your elbow and you just lead the way. And so I would go, you know, I would get close to the wall if I was, you know, so Tom would be far away from it or the chair or the pew or whatever we were passing. I would obviously take the, the side that he could run into. I would take that place and he would just walk. We just, we could make pretty good time walking that way. Anyway, um, here's a song that, that, that she wrote. And it didn't, I think she was much older when she, she was the poet laureate of our country. Um. Uh, given that title by one of the presidents she met, but uh, she was an amazing person. Married uh, a blind man at the schools of blind. Her mom, when she got back, uh, she she was a bright girl and she, she really wanted to go to school, but she couldn't go to school because they weren't equipped for that. And then the, the mom heard about a school for the blind, a boarding school for the blind, where she spent much of her life uh, as a student and then as a teacher. But... Um, Anyway, I'm going to read this as a poem and uh, see how I do here. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising the Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy. Whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. So uh, that was a song we sang at Bob, Barb's memorial service, my wife's memorials. I picked out the songs, but uh, that was one of three we sang. It is well with my soul is another. And I, I can't remember what the third one was.
But, um, and I also sang that at Arlington, where she was, uh, her remains were laid to rest at Arlington National Cemetery, where I will, my remains will join her. And uh, again, I've got to study the resurrection of the dead, but I know that Paul says we are willing, we are confident and willing rather to be, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. So I, I'm looking forward to that, just like she was, and she was looking forward to seeing again, but she did know what things looked like because she saw until she was six years old. Anyway, um, I'm going to try to put that to music, and or to not to music, sorry, I'm not an instrumentalist, but I'm going to try to sing that song just so you can sing along with me if you know it. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my side. Angels descending bring from above. Echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with His mercy, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Uh, right in, in verse 3 there, it says, uh, Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in, not I and, I in my Savior am happy and blessed. My faith is in and on the Savior. My hope is in and on the Savior. I in my Savior, I in, I in my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness. Lost in His love. Anyway, um... I guess I'll just uh, end it there, and I will say adios, which uh, is Spanish for to God. And I will say vaya con Dios, which in Spanish means go with God.